Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Just One Hit, the podcast where I, your host, Christopher Jones, talks about one, possibly two, hit wonders at length. First of all, welcome. I hope you are enjoying your day, and if you're not, I hope it gets a bit better after you listen to this episode. So as I said before, this podcast will be me exploring an almost never-ending list of one-hit wonders that have graced our ears. Or maybe they haven't. That's the wondrous thing about music. You haven't heard all of it, so there's just so much of it to explore, right? But I feel like one-hit wonders are just a different breed because... What's what's the word I'm looking for? They're so infamous, maybe... Not sure if that's the word I want to use, but you know what I mean, right? When you hear One Hit Wonder, it takes you back to a moment in your life, maybe a super special social event, a seemingly mundane car ride, a late night crawl on YouTube, and you hear this song for the first time, and it's like your entire being is altered. Especially the ones that follow you for decades. I'm 30, so yes, some of these are either as old as me or I've listened to while I was growing up. I know a few of the ones that I'm going to wind up talking about on this podcast are going to make me extremely emotional and that's again the wonder of music like it makes you emotional it just brings out so much in you and for me some of my favorite songs of all time are one hit wonders so this is actually a really exciting thing for me to do. So the reason I started this podcast because I wanted to talk about music in length in some way, shape, or form. In college, I um, have always done something music-related in content creation. I had a music blog. I ran two music-centric YouTube channels that are no longer around. One was K-pop-centered. Another one was just like a regular music countdown show. And I just wanted to explore One Hit Wonders in particular because I'm just very, very partial to them. You know, I I might as well take it upon myself, finally get this thing started and actually pursue talking about One Hit Wonders on my own and doing my own research and, you know, give it the old college try and see what I could come up with on my own. There are two more things I want to add before we get started with the um, podcast proper. First thing, some of the hits that I uh, talk about on this podcast may not be hits in like the traditional top 50, top 30, top 40 sense. Because I know there's like one particular song I'm going to be talking about later on down the line that was like a big internet hit last year and it caused this group's music to skyrocket on streaming sites and on YouTube, but it didn't translate into actual traditional charting success. So needless to say, just prepare for the unconventional on this podcast. In addition, I'll only be covering one-hit wonders that are 10 years old or older. So from 2013 on down is what I'm going to be covering for One Hit Wonders because, you know, sometimes you can get a hit later on down the line. Like, even the even past the 10-year mark, you could also have a resurgence in one of your hits, like becoming huge and big or some song that you put out later on in life becomes like this big, grandiose affair. So I feel like 10 years is like just long enough for you to be nostalgic about a song that you're just like okay I feel like that's a pretty safe spot 
let's get on with the show then. So our first hit of the podcast comes from the 90s where all the best one hit wonders come from. Don't argue with me. I don't make the rules that just... You know, that's just how it works. 1999 to be exact from Canadian indie rock band Len and their sunshiny, lazy and groovy top 10 hit, Steal My Sunshine. This is also one of the few times where a hit has been derived from a previous one-hit wonder, but we will get into that momentarily. Len is comprised of siblings Mark and Sharon Costanzo. I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. They're the band's two like main anchors. They've always been a part of the Len project, and then there have been a number of rotating members. But for the sake of pinpointing who was there when Steal, Steal My Sunshine was like the big hit, we're gonna tack on Derek D Rock. Mackenzie, Brian DJ Moves Higgins, Philip Planet P. Ray, and Drunk Nest Monster. Initially, Len started out as a solo project of Mark's in 1991, then Sharon was brought on board a year later. This version of Len produced a number of independent recordings, including an EP and two other albums. Other than Steal My Sunshine, before I did any research on this, I did not know any other Len songs, so I wanted to familiarize myself with some of their older content before, um, you know, we dive into here. And I did. I listened to a few tracks from, I don't know which album. I think it was either their, like, their very first independent album. The cover has, I believe it's Mark. And he has like a buzz cut and he has a tattoo on his arm and he's smoking a cigarette and he has on sunglasses. I picked like three songs off of there and uh, one thing I've really noticed about their, their music in particular is that I can really only understand like 10% of what they're saying. The way that Mark and Sharon sing, they sing in this very like, what's the word I'm looking for? A very, uh... I want to say raspy. It's a very hard, raspy, rocky voice, but not like, say like Pink. Pink has a rock voice, but you can understand what she's singing. With them, I feel like they they lay it on a bit thick with their vocals, and it's really hard to understand (laughs) what they're saying in their songs unless you look up the lyrics. And that was the issue I was having with the three songs that I listened to. I listened to Candy Pop, which was one of the ones that was recommended to me when I was Googling around. It sounds like they were drunk when they were recording it. They were drunk. They were, you know, they were on something. And Sharon in particular is making these ah sounds uh, on the record. And I found that kind of grating, but I love the production work on it. It has that very, I don't want, is it post? It's either, it's very grunge-esque, grunge reminiscent, but I don't remember what year it came out. So I don't know if it's like, like in the thick of when grunge was like big or if it's like post- grunge and maybe someone could explain to me which one it is i'm not that well versed i love talking about music but i'm not that well versed in like genre specifications so i don't know if it's like grunge post grunge grunge adjacent in some way but it sounds like that i can kind of just you know tune out their singing and just treat it as part of the production in a sense and (laughs) i mean i still enjoyed the song Another song that I listened to was Wiggle, which 
which Wiggles very, I'm going to say like lyrically, very much jam session uh, because the song opens up with Mark singing, hey Drew, you're smelling your dump too. Why don't you close the washroom door? And it also has like this Casio preset sounding thing going on in the background that just also grading I think that's going to be the recurring theme with Lana's a band is that their music though you know it can be catchy it can also be grading so I can see why certain people would not enjoy Len's music if you don't like your nerves being graded when you listen to certain things again it gives very jam session vibe but I'm not going to hold it against the song because this is an independent release. They were probably just like, you know, let's jam out for a bit. Whatever comes to mind, we'll sing it and we'll throw it on the record. And the third song I listened to was Jerry's Dead, which was my favorite of the three songs I had listened to. It's very angsty and it's rougher around the edges in all facets. Gish era Smashing Pumpkins if Greg Alexander from New Radicals was singing on the song probably like pre or, or even like during new radicals if you listen to maybe your brainwash too by new radicals they have a very experimental vocal and songwriting style and that's what it reminded me of these independent releases didn't really do too much for the band's profile in canada billboard lists the sales for each of their albums around 10 to 15,000 copies which if you look at numbers today that would be actually kind of doing something especially with the advent of like SPS equivalency remember this is like back in the 90s though and this was independence and I don't know if they were shopping around these albums for like a major label signage um because it gets a little murky after those two independent releases but I know eventually they signed to um the now defunct Sony music subsidiary work records it was the home of acts like Jamiroquai, Sponge, and Fiona Apple. During this era their indie rock beginnings kind of take a backseat and now they have a new like burgeoning interest for hip-hop uh again this is like mark mark is like the main figurehead of len so all this is like mark's thing he expressed interest in acts like ll cool j beastie boys and the fat boys so as for their major label debut which was you can't stop the bum rush they added the aforementioned d-rock dj moves planet p and drunkenness monster and i want to say that mark took like a malibu's most wanted jamie kennedy-esque persona air about him for this particular release like if you see promotional material you see like his image in the steal my sunshine video you're canadian but they're also from toronto and toronto's pretty diverse but i'm just like hmm this is a very interesting pivot for your major label debut the way that the song was conceived was really not what I had expected when I was going through the research, but this is what I found from a blurb in The Guardian analyzing the song back in 2014. Mark states that he was at this huge three-day rave and he ended up partying, partying, partying. We went back to my house and Brandon Canning from Broken Social Scene was DJing and played More 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 by Andrea True Connection. I ended up sampling it that morning and looped it it sound great. Somewhere in the next couple of days, I recorded it. I knew Derek Willoughby from Sum 41 was there in the room when I put down the lyrics. 
It's just a song about what happened that night at the party. In an interview with the Washington Post, Sharon revealed that the song was recorded during a relaxed session in 1996, three years before its initial 1999 release date. Mark wrote and produced the song with Greg Diamond, receiving a writing credit as he was the producer and the writer of Andrea True Connections More More More. Mark says that the song didn't make too much of an impression on him initially and wasn't really considered for a release, which I do not see how, but again, we'll get to that later on. But before this, the Costanzo siblings were likening women to ring pops and asking someone how the smell of someone's bowel movements was. So a seemingly introspective song with a sample from an adult actress's biggest pop hit was definitely not their norm. But again, it also could be because this is also something kind of left field-ish for them, and they always had that punk rock aesthetic to them. So, you know what? If they like it, I love it. Let's go back to that loop sample that Mark spoke about. So, More 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 was a disco hit in 1976 by the late American musician and adult film actress Andrea True. The song hit number four in the U.S. and number one in Canada. Again, this is one of the rare cases where the one hit wonder caused another one hit wonder <laughs> to be born out of it as well. The sample starts at around the 219 mark of the three minute single version. So what exactly happened at this epic three day rager that they were talking about? Because in that Guardian blurb, they didn't really explain too much about what was going on. They just said it was a three day rager. And the way that the song is so laid back, it didn't really give a three day rager. It gave sunny day at the beach. So I had to look at the lyrics because again, I can't understand, I really couldn't understand what they were saying in the song aside from some of the stuff in the chorus. And listening to it, I'm just like, uh, it's very mundane in terms of like ragers. It's not like I Love College by Asher Roth mundane, which is Caucasian frat freshman party core, but it also isn't party girl, drunk in the bathtub, um, missing my boot. Kesha levels of trashy either. It's more the aftermath of this particular party. Mark being under the influence of some sort of drug or alcohol or possibly some crossfade action going on. And Sharon drinking a slushy at a party under the guise of people who don't seem to like her too much or she doesn't like them too much. If I were just read the lyrics, I would feel pretty miserable just <laughs> with this song. But it's the production. It has such a bright and cheery disposition that I'm definitely not paying attention to the Costanzo siblings lamenting their existence after or during this party. I'm nodding my head and shaking my hips or I'm skating with my Walkman while the sun is shining and sweat is beating on my forehead and I think this song may have hey yod me in a sense. Now, I I don't think I came up with this term, but it's more or less a more modern phenomenon. Being hey yod is when a song that appears very upbeat and happy and like danceable, but once you actually read the lyrics, you realize the song's actually really bleak and kind of depressing. Hey Ya is about having lost love and the ending of a relationship, but we're too busy shaking it like a Polaroid picture to notice the turmoil. I mean, and uh, that's <laughs> that's exactly the 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 feeling. Um, and I feel like the energy that this song, um, "Steal My Sunshine," also gives. "Steal My Sunshine" also has like this trance 
like effect on me and I think that comes from the sonar sound in the background. I don't know if it's like a sonar, I don't know if it's like a metronome, but it has that it goes do 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 and despite the somber nature of the song's lyrics, you can't just help but feel very happy. And the only other song that I could think of to compare to this, like right on the spot, is Classic by The Knox featuring Powers. That came out in 2014. It definitely should have been a bigger hit. It should have blown up. But the closest that we got to it was it being in, I think, WNBA commercials during like their finals. Highly recommend you listen to that or just the Knox like first full length album in general. They make really good music. I think the song also hit at the right time. It was released as a single June 22nd, 1999. And with the song's bright production and the laid back, and that's putting it, I guess, generously laid back performance of both Sharon and Mark. It was the song of the summer. It peaked in the top 10 of their native Canada, Ireland, Australia, Scotland, and of course here in US of A, where it peaked at number nine in September of that year. It also had the benefit of being included on the soundtrack of the 1999 cult classic Go starring Timothy Oliphant and Dawson's Creek's Katie Holmes. During its popularity and also retrospectively, critics enjoyed Steal My Sunshine and is considered to be one of the quintessential summer hits. Ranked number three on the now defunct Pass and Jot poll, number 13 in Stylist Magazine's top 51 hit wonders, and number 33 on Rolling Stone's best summer songs of all time. And Mark seems to wear his one hit wonder badge with honor. In the same Guardian profile, he had this to say. When I hear the song now, it makes me laugh. It makes me smile. It takes me back to that time. I know how I felt. When people play, I dance to it. Two weeks ago, I ended up at a bar and it was a karaoke night and still my sunshine was in the book. So I said, let's do it. I'm going to London soon. So if anyone wants to call me up, I'll fucking show up at the house and I'll sing the song. I think that's actually really cool because, you know, there are a lot of people who kind of regret having the one hit at all. It overshadows their rest of their work. The, the, <laughs> the spike, you know, how either great the rest of their work is. They're only known for this particular song and... That's all people seem to care about unless you happen to be like a really like deep fan who knows other things about some like me. Before I did this research, this was the only song that I knew by the group. But doing the research, I found more songs that I've actually liked and I'm probably going to go back and listen to more of those independent releases, maybe even some of the later work. You Can't Stop the Bum Rush was not the only album they released, I think, under work records. They released another one, but it didn't, of course, it didn't fare as well. And then they kept releasing other stuff independently after that. I remember hearing Steal My Sunshine when I was a kid, but I wasn't in cars that often or around radios too much in 1999. I also was like seven. Was I seven in 1999? Seven or eight. No, seven. I was seven years old in 1999. So I didn't really truly experience like the hold that Steal My Sunshine had on the general public during that summer. But I did get obsessed with it during like my sophomore and senior years of college. So I got re actually got re-obsessed with it like three times within my adult life. First, my sophomore year of college when I rediscovered the song because the chorus came into my mind randomly like I was sitting in a 
common room couch and for some reason that just kept popping into the mind I know it's done for me if you steal my sunshine and I was just like who sings that song why is this random song just popping into my mind now quickly googled the lyrics and I was just like oh yeah it's this so I spent the good um, second semester the good half of my second semester just walking back and forth to class listening to this song I also got re obsessed with the song by um senior year as well I don't know why in particular I just don't know why I just I it wasn't like oh you know I forgot about this song it was just like I I just was feeling the song again and then I got re-re obsessed with it again in 2020 when another one hit wonder um Fatboy Slim's Praise You was featured in a Grubhub ad. Both of those songs came out in 1999. So I guess I had a connection between that song and Steal My Sunshine. So I was listening to Praise You and I was listening to Steal My Sunshine simultaneously. Both of those were in the same month, September of 2020, because I went back and I checked my last FM stats and I, that I'm just, just like, okay, you know, we're going to be talking about um Praise You later on down the line. I just don't know when because I already have like my first 10 things lined up already. So maybe after those first 10 are out, we'll talk about Praise You. Really surprised <laughs> that this song hasn't made its way back into public consciousness like via TikTok. I feel like the sonar-esque sound in the song really would lend itself to a trend or even like having people when it becomes summer, you have people skating, kind of like how that guy who was skateboarding to Dreams by Fleetwood Mac kind of became a thing and re-emerged that song back into the public consciousness. But again, it's Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac will find some way to just re-enter the public consciousness, whether we like it or not. I love Fleetwood Mac, by the way. And just people just vibing to the song on TikTok would be lovely. I just don't want them to speed it up. Uh, that, that's some, some songs just do not need to be released, like, sped up. Like, they're fine at the tempo that they are. Um, but other than that, I think that's where we're going to end our first episode. I'm glad I was able to take you down memory lane for this one, or if this is your first experience to Steal My Sunshine, I hope you take a listen to the song in full and tell me how you feel about it. If you made it this far, how about listening to the next episode, which should be available now. I hope you enjoyed, and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Thank you.